Welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars prod- podcast brought to you by the Twist My Arm Network. My name is Josh, and I'm your host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. You can find all of your favorite shows like Sudden But Inevitable, Marvel Cannon Madness, Intrepid DM Journeys, Best Flicks, and Quest Me at twistmyarm.net. Um, we are live for the last time this season, um, which is sad but that's okay we'll be back super soon after this um but thanks to everyone for joining us tonight um if you are listening to this in podcast land and would like to join in on the fun um we will come back in a few weeks to start talking about the legends series the hand of thrawn so gonna be a lot of fun talking about those books um and we're gonna start that up here in a couple weeks um, but we will be going live again probably Tuesdays. Um, but follow us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA for more information on that. Um, this week, we are breaking down episode six of Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the final episode, um, which again, sad. But before we get into it too far, I got to bring in, of course, my lovely co host and real life hero. His name is Justin. How are you today, sir? I'm so good right now just because, you know, the Avalanche won. They got to shake hands Woo. in game six. Yeah. Go Avs. I know. Yeah, that was a that was a wonderful, wonderful game um, and yes, series. It and it's really cool to see the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup again. So I uh, I definitely I don't know, man. I'm 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 a crybaby, so I cried a little bit when they won. Did you cry? You know? <laughs> a little bit seeing all those players that have been on the team for so long see i i teared up when uh joe got the hoisted above him as really? an executive yeah i, I don't know why about, i didn't care about that as much i was more oh, yeah you're about eric it's, johnson and landis got anyway we're not here to talk about the avalanche <laughs> true, it, true although true. it is super cool that they won and congrats to them um have fun at the parade on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so we have a special guest today, and he is actually the OG quester and sudden but inevitable captain. His name is Jesse. How are you today, sir? I am doing well. Can you hear me out there in Star Wars land, <laughs> you giant nerd? <laughs> Says the guy wearing... His captain T-shirt or whatever that is—is is that a captain's shirt or a number one shirt? Yeah, it's it's up. Oh, whoops, camera's reversed. But yeah, if you count the pips, you will see I am indeed okay. a captain. Okay, which makes so much sense considering Captain Pipscoot over here. It's true. Yeah. So the the little uh, <coughs> circular indicators on the collar are called pips, Justin. <laughs> that's uh, never that's a technical that. term. Yeah, it's it's literally <laughs> no, the correct term. Um, but. To Josh's point, uh, yeah, so QuestMe was actually the beginning of my podcasting journey, right? Like, we we started with The Mandalorian Season 2, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, well, we have to just keep doing this. So after that, not only did we do, did Josh continue with the Star Wars show, but we started a second show called Sudden But Inevitable, where I make Josh watch shows he's never seen before, because when we were watching Mando season two, he kept mentioning how he loves a space Western, but had not seen Firefly. So I'm like, (laughs) 
okay, that doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> we need to do a show about it. And we did. And now we are on season four of that show and we're watching Death Note. So it is good yeah. to be back here at Quest Me. If you have ever seen or listened to a Quest Me before, you know that I am here <laughs> primarily oh, Lord. to harass my good buddy Josh. And that's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, it's always good to have you on. You're always in the chat harassing me anyway, so I'm I'm prepared. It's true. But, but it's well, definitely actually, good to have you back. Most of this season I wasn't because I was not that's, caught I, that's up. That's true. That's true. Until and it, it wasn't because I, it wasn't because I didn't want to be. It was just because I wasn't caught up. There's so much to watch right now, in like yeah. Nerdville. So, <laughs> I will explain really quickly. I watched all. Let's see. I watched the first episode of this series, like two weeks ago, and then I watched the rest of the episodes <laughs> in one sitting. So. Nice. I didn't know that that was going to be how I did it. That wasn't my plan. But that is how I consumed this series, so it's all very fresh. My impressions are all very ready to go. I am now caught up. The last time that I was here making um, bold comments in the chat, I don't know if I was all the way caught up. I think I was watching (laughs) while I was chatting. But thank you for having me, Josh and Justin. It's a pleasure to be back. In case you can't tell folks out there, I talk a lot. That's okay. That's why you're here. I actually have. Uh, I'm a bit sick, so I'm glad that you're here because you can. I can just ask questions, and you guys can go. Um, I'm just. Ex- but I'm. A, I'm just excited for Jesse's trash talking. He always makes oh, yeah. good points, but uh, I always like to hear it too. So yeah, how have you? How did you like the series up until the finale, Jesse? So anybody who has heard. Sudden But Inevitable, or the other show that I'm a part of, Open Pike Night, which is a Star Trek podcast, thus the regalia, um, knows that I'm, I really try to be a positive, like happy, receptive fan when I watch things. Um, so I was going into this series positive. Uh, I really liked Mando. I liked the book of Boba Fett. I wasn't like blown away by the book of Boba Fett, but I liked it enough. Um, Mando, I really liked. The first two seasons of Mando, I really liked. Um, I think it was because they were such a space western feel. Um, But I gotta be honest, I was kind of struggling with with Kenobi. I was just like... I try not to be the person that's like, who was asking for this, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because I, I know the answer to that question. I fully know the answer to that question. And the the a very small unimportant part of that answer is parentheses not me which doesn't mean that it's bad it just means like this isn't a thing that i was looking for i didn't need an expansion on this this is all stuff that i feel like i assumed had happened right like yeah he would have had to wait around for them to grow up and he would have had to dodge vader i guess but i don't know there was just there was something about it where I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about this. But the young Leia actress really pulled me back. Like, I was I was just kind of like, okay, it's got heart in it, and that is important for a Star Wars story, right? Um, yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't mean to say anything of, like, Ewan McGregor's performance, which, of course, is great. It's all It's all very high quality. Everything is very well done. 
it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. The music is beautiful. Um, but it's all, I, I sort of expect all that stuff from Star Wars, right? Like if those right. things weren't there, I'd be like, okay, something's up. <laughs> Cause Star Wars is supposed right. to have that stuff. Um, I think one of you guys had put in a group chat. It was either Justin, it actually, it was either Justin or Chip. It may have been Chip from Marvel Can of Madness. Uh, he was like, there's a lightsaber fight that was kind of anticlimactic before I was caught up with the mm. series. And I was like, that sentence does not make sense to me. <laughs> like, wh wh what do you mean? Uh. How do you have a laser sword fight that is anticlimactic? And I came to disagree with that statement. I think all the sword fights in this were really good. But I, I was kind of just, I don't know what the word is, dragging my feet, right? Like I wasn't super sure. jumping into it, but I don't know. By the time I got to the meat of Riva's story and the meat of young Leia's story, I think I was definitely more into it. The first episode felt almost a little bit more like a Star Trek episode, but like a mediocre episode <laughs> of Star Trek where it was too long and like not a, not a lot happened. And I was kind of yeah. going, okay, how long are they going to make me wait for something in this, right? Like, mm. it's only six episodes, I would imagine, not long. But right. I wasn't immediately pulled in the way I was with Mando or the other Mando. <laughs> um, did you guys sure. did you guys have I, any I, of those, like, kind of slow well, start feelings or... I, I wonder if this is like a lot to do with fatigue too and with all the entertainment coming out because there's so much stuff coming out that like you said I, I feel like there's a, a lot of people that you know kind of are like we don't really need this because it's something that we already kind of know about um, and I wonder if things like the Acolyte that's coming out that's going to be set in a whole different time period and a whole different story of Star Wars. I wonder if that will be something to kind of end the fatigue because it's just like Marvel. You know, we're just getting so much of it at this point that it's it's hard to keep up with everything. And, and Star Wars is the same way. Well, and I think that... So so what one of the things that I really liked about Mando was, oh, this is a familiar Star Wars flavor to me, but it's not Star Wars I have seen before. Right, like, oh, it's space western right. Star Wars, which is a vibe that old Star Wars had, <laughs> but never like an overt space western, like one guy walking around almost sheriff style. And then they gave us right. that. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is a new kind of Star Wars. I'm really here for this. Um, Star Wars Visions, I loved Star Wars Visions. I was like, oh, this is the newest, craziest Star Wars idea I've seen in a while. So I, I like when they're doing new flavors. This didn't feel like a new flavor to me, and I don't mean to say that's a bad thing. I think this was designed specifically for people who really love the prequels and wanted to see some justice done. Sorry, Justin, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, the difference between Mandalorian and Kenobi's startup is Mandalorian just gets straight into action and fighting because it didn't really need a preface to set up with while that time lapse between um, Revenge of the Sith and current period they had to fill it in and backfill it and give a little more detail for it. Uh, that's the biggest difference I see with that. And that it, I can understand it. It was, it was fairly slow, but to me it was fulfilling, but that's like 
difference of common watcher and pro- uh, probably a fanboy. But uh, I don't feel like the market is oversaturated comparatively to the MC universe, just because there's not like a new series dropping after the other one, and then a movie coming, and then a series. Not yet. Um, not but yet. It's about to be that way. It's comparable. It's not identical, but it's comparable. Yeah. Um. So, hey, Roy, thanks for coming in. He said he's so excited for season two of Obi-Wan Picard, which is hilarious. Um, and he also says it's it get kind of, it, <laughs> so wonderful. Right. It kind of gets hard to defend things with that fatigue as well. I'm just here to watch the show. I don't want to argue why it's great. That's a great point. It is a great show. Um, it, I had a lot of fun with it, but to me, it, it had a little bit of slowness to it um and it also was kind of like if you're reading the book of episode three they could have put this story in there as the epilogue you know and been like 10 years later and there's like a short little adventure with obi-wan and leia like i just to kind of if that's just kind of how it felt to me and in a way it was an epilogue to episode three to kind of show obi-wan finally learning that anakin is like really dead you know well and i have I, I really, truly have no issue with that. From an accessibility standpoint, though, as a casual Star Wars fan, I like to tell people I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'm a Star Wars friend. <laughs> so, like, if, if, if somebody that doesn't know me, like, if you're describing me to somebody that doesn't know me, and they say, does he like Star Wars? Feel free to say yes. I can be your Star Wars friend. That's fine. I am not a Star Wars fan in the way that Josh and Justin are, right? Yeah. Like, I, I I, can tell you what's in the movies, for the most part, and I have an opinion on the mainline movies, and that's mostly it. Um, Which is a great reason why you're but, here, because you, you give a really good objective. Um, right. Well, I don't know if objective is the right term, but different, maybe. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. And so to that point, like... How many things are they going to make that take place between the end of the of episode three and the start of episode four? And you know what I mean? Like they're taking established time periods and going, here's what happened right here with a character you already know the stakes of, which again, yep. I'm not here to complain about. I, I just, from an outside perspective, it's like, I don't, I'm, I don't, Obi-Wan's not going to die in this. Um, Right, uh, Luke Skywalker's not gonna die in this. Uh, Vader's not gonna die. You know, like, like, there's some stuff that I know is just gonna not happen. So, yeah. now all of that having been said, I was very impressed with the level of emotional investment they managed to get out of me. Anyway, <laughs> and I think it really is down to the performance of the young Leia, and really you and McGregor, yeah. but. Uh, Reva was just very well played, and I Reva loved felt her to me like one of the first human Star Wars characters I've seen in a while. And I loved her, especially in this final episode. Her like story arc, the way it ended, was amazing. Um, but let's get into that. Let's let's uh let's get into mm-hmm. the uh the actual episode. Um, I'm glad that you at least enjoyed it a little bit, Jesse. I, I can totally understand all your all your points and stuff, but it's it's good to see that you actually watched it and that you semi enjoyed it and that you're here to talk about the season season series finale. Um they haven't confirmed a season two yet. Yet. 
But I, I, I don't know if I'd take. I don't know if I'd. I don't know. They're gonna do a Reva show, aren't they? I mean, Reva could be part Maybe of. Reva could no. be part of the uh, Cal Kestis show or whatever. Mm. From because there's there's theories that she is actually the lady in Jedi Fallen Order that shows up to help him. So, but what's up, Justin? Quick question for Jesse. I know you're a father. Are you more emotionally invested into Leia? Do you think because you are a father? And you can Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and having uh, Obi-Wan in sort of like this mentor slash surrogate father role for her for a good chunk of the show um, is is an effective way <laughs> to to put him to give him a new set of stakes that I wasn't expecting him to have and to give him a little bit of character development that I was also not expecting him to have. Um, it's weird how you can they, develop Kenobi after all of the development he's already had. Like, how do you... Right. Now, I have... I mean, I do have some issue with, like, the way that... I don't, I don't, it's so hard. There is no way for me to phrase this without sounding condescending. So I should probably just say, okay. <laughs> Star Wars, at its heart, is a beautiful property for 12 year olds. Like, it is, it is a children's property that still, that primarily ch tells stories for children, right? I am a giant child on the inside and frequently on the outside. I consider myself a, a you know, 30-something-year-old child, so I am not saying this is a bad thing. I'm saying I sometimes have to remind myself, like, remember this is an adventure story that is supposed to be for everyone, right? Anybody is supposed to be able to watch Star Wars and identify with it right. from 12 to whatever. Right. But the point is, that means it has to be, it has to work for 12-year-olds, right? And it has to have certain aspects that make it easy for young kids to understand what's going on, especially in a live-action right. flick. And that's, I think that's a really good point, because a lot of people don't remember that when they're watching things like this. They don't remember that when they were 12 watching you know, shows back then, they were made for them, and they were not very good. <laughs> and that's the thing, uh, is awesome. like, so many of the arguments that I see from... I'm going to air quote this heavily, Star Wars fans, <laughs> is it's not how I wanted it to be, or it's not how yeah. my Star Wars it's is, not how or it's not I how Star Wars it used to be. It's like, yeah. dude, you were 12 when you were introduced to this. Who picks out their favorite thing at 12 and then goes, that I picked that up because of quality objective <laughs> reasoning. Like <laughs> Everybody knows you picked it because you're 12, and that's okay. Like, and I... I have no problem with that. Like, you should love the things that you love for whatever reason that it is. But like I said, there is an aspect of this show that is designed to appeal to the entire family, right? Yeah. So you have to give it that that leeway, I think, when you go into it. Because otherwise right. you're going to go, well, why are they, like, spoon-feeding me this? And why are they doing that, you know? It's not you. But, it's not you they're spoon-feeding. It's everybody else. And if you want a different right. story, go pick up your toys and use your imagination. Right. <laughs> or, or, hey, 
there are volumes upon volumes of multi tens of thousands of word books in this universe like there's so much material in the star wars yeah, universe to consume for everybody exactly and that's what i was saying at the start is like the different flavors i think is the way to go they need to have different kinds of stories not everything needs to be a six to ten episode miniseries if i were going to criticize the star wars plan it would be not everything needs to be a miniseries like right this would have been great as a movie right and they're going to put it oh, in yeah. a limited theater run even like j just make up your mind right like yeah. i get that it's probably squeeze every dollar we can out of this thing which i don't and they're going to i'm not opposed for to. sure i get it yeah. yeah um but there is there is something to be said to justin's point for their ability to go yeah we know that you have all that resistance to this here is a cute little girl acting her heart out and you know wearing leia hairstyles yeah and i was like <gasps> That's really cute. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, they they even did things like, did you notice Lola at the beginning of the like the when they flicker through all the droids and stuff at the beginning of the show, they added Lola to it and her like flaps yeah, are up did. and it looks a lot like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks oh. a lot like that a particular corporate logo. Yeah. Um, See, I didn't notice that. It's it's yeah, pretty funny. I, <laughs> For a minute, I was like, "Did they just put Mickey Mouse?" Oh, I see what they, <laughs> yeah. I see what they've yeah. done there. Smooth, but cool. Let's get into this yeah. episode. Um, there are no names for yep. these episodes, which is crazy to me. Um, and so it's part six. It's part six. The the series, quote unquote, finale. Um, and I'm just gonna do a quick breakdown of this episode. There's not a lot to break down, um, really. But we'll I'll do this quick little run through, and then we'll talk about the three basically main plot points so in this action-packed conclusion of obi-wan kenobi we see two main fights one between the lars homestead and the third sister and one between vader and kenobi leia makes it home with haja and the pretender rebellion luke runs and we get a return of the king style ending and nobody dies <laughs> so although there is a lot to kind of unpack in this episode there's not a lot to unpack in this episode it's very very straightforward it's very close everything up um let's wrap up all the stories which they did a wonderful job doing um wrapping up you know leia getting home reva kind of having a little bit of a redemption arc um obi-wan having realizations that he didn't have before um and Owen and Baru proving that they're badass enough to take care of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> what? Come on, that was awesome. Like, I want to talk about that first. The whole Tatooine battle between the Lars Homestead and Reva, because I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of interesting to me that Reva got there so quick. I, I don't understand how... Like we were saying earlier, we got to remember that it's... <laughs> <laughs> we can't have details for everything, but um, she was there very Hyper fast. speed. Yeah, very, very fast. I, I don't know how she got a ship because Vader destroyed the one that she was by. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, but we opened this, the episode with Reva on Tatooine looking for Owen. Um, Owen gets wind of it, and then they go kind of like gear up and get ready. Uh, I didn't really see Owen and Beru as the type to have a stash of guns in their house i mean i get it you 
they're farmers, man. I get it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're farmers. Think of it like you're going into a cornfield of your your local state there, <laughs> and then what are they gonna have? The shotgun hang up in their their car, but then they have a kid, and they're responsible responsible gun owners, and they hide them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're not Tatooine. wrong. As Galactic Nebraska, okay? <laughs> These people are pulling every kernel of corn they can out of the air. There are a lot like, of Tusken Raiders out here, I'll tell you that much. That's <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it. Um, no, but I think to Justin's point again from earlier, it's that parental thing, man. Like At the beginning of the series, I was like, wow, Owen is sassy. Like he is, he is just insulting everyone, and like he really stares Riva down. Like I was like, okay, if they if they give him some kind of force thing, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> so I'm glad they didn't do that. And I think that it was one of those like we are fully prepared to do what we have to do because this is our child. Right. They. They really strike me as those kind of parents, right? Like, all right, this well, if that's what's going on, then here we go. Especially Baru, Baru is is has picked the most normally named man in the entire <laughs> series to get married to. <laughs> By the way, like uh, all these names, and then Owen. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I love. I love it. It's easy to remember, especially for a casual fan like me. Um, but it does kind of like bum me out because you're like, well, I mean, I guess this is meant to make me think they put up a fight before they got turned into scorched skeletons in episode four. Well, if, if it was Boba like, Fett, like, yeah. like people yeah. think it was, then there's no fight to be had there. So, but no disintegrations. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it it was sort of one of those like I, I was really glad to see it, but I know these characters die. Like is this it, and you know when they die. It was a little bit of it was a tiny little bit of yep. of development, right? Like yep. Baru wasn't really in the series until this episode. Right. I see I, I'd be interested uh, I'd, I'm interested in it after bringing up all these qualities about relating to the characters of different aspects of in different stages of being a person like family man or younger 12 and just appreciating it um how do you feel that if you rewatch episode four and see this death scene after kenobi would it like touch you at all so it's gonna still be weird i think because obi-wan is now you know that obi-wan has gone on an adventure with leia and he is very casual about going to save her on the Death Star. And I, I mean, he's a very he's a very wise old man by A New Hope, for sure. Um, and I think that a lot of this is showing how good he is with not necessarily lying, but keeping a cover. And so if, if people, if, if you wanted to explain something away as far as like if there's a connection like or something between Leia and Luke and Obi-Wan or whatever um you could just explain it with Obi-Wan is a very cunning warrior and can can do those things but i think i think most people will probably look at things like that 
look at different aspects of Kenobi and think, well, why, why doesn't, you know, Leia really recognize him or really know? Or how does Luke not really know Ben? There, there's, there's some weird questions that I think could take some people out of it is what I'm saying. Well, for me, it's like I see, I really do fully understand where they were going, right? Like, we got, we need to put him where he is at the start of episode four. We need to give him a reason to not really super fight as hard as we have seen this character fight, like in all of the canon except episode four, right? As far as I'm aware. Mm. Um, so. It makes sense that they would have him be like, oh, "Okay, this is the this is the full circle, right? Like I'm going to the end, and I'm gonna meet the kids again, and the guy will be there, and then I'll become one with the force. Okay, it'll be great. It's fine. <laughs> That's that sort of works for me. What I don't appreciate is having Anakin in like a really like." petulant Anakin style way go it's not your fault that I'm evil right like he's he's being like you're even trying to take credit for what I've accomplished as an evil lord of death like just just get off my back man just I let me be dead I accomplished the evil okay <laughs> like just it's entirely on me just give me the credit for it and I see why they did it, but it's like part of what I liked about the original trilogy. Is that what you guys are calling it now? Part of what I liked about the original trilogy was that the teachers weren't perfect, Mm -hmm. right? They were kind of like Luke was like, you kind of lied to me. And he's like, eh, not really though. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, but like you did. <laughs> right. So like there is that, you know, and that sort of emphasizes, you know, some of sometimes the teachers in your life won't be perfect. Most people are not perfect, yeah. but you can still learn from them, right? They can still be a positive influence mm-hmm. on you. So gosh, but Obi-Wan sure seemed it perfect. It seems in like this it episode. sort of undermines that a little bit. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it, it seemed like Obi-Wan was perfect in this episode with just things that he said to Leia, um the things that he said to Reva. Like he was a very mm-hmm. good teacher, and you could really see that come right. through in this one. So again, it's that, so it's to that have weird. Anakin be like, you know, here's the setup for, oh, this guy Darth Vader killed your father. Yeah, like to have him say like, it was me. I am Darth Vader. I killed Anakin. It was like, dude. <laughs> again, fully understand <laughs> that it needs to work for everybody in yeah. the family, but I feel like it sort of undermines the part of the original trilogy story that I thought was great about the imperfect teachers. Yeah. Now I'm open to having my mind changed on that, but that was just my initial reaction to it. I get, personally. I, I get that. Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, when you change your personality, you're basically killing that other person off. And he's just emphasizing more and more that he's just like basically proving to Obi-Wan you know, everyone says that Anakin's alive, but he is—he is not. What's in this is not Anakin. So, it, it's just another way to reiterate to Obi Wan that that he's dead. Go ahead, Justin. See, uh, I was liking the overall development of Obi Wan 
quote unquote becoming the wise archetypical man, right? Sure. So you see him uncompetent in the beginning, and then eventually he's the badass that we rem- remember him to be. But it, it's that development that really brings you into the character. And then to see him like be finally uh, tested and passed, to, uh, spoiler, to see Qui-Gon at the end, hell yeah. Huh, spoiler alert. That just proves it. Um, Roy says, this show is just what I needed to tune out the fireworks. Thank you for the awesome discussion to listen to. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm just imagining all the fireworks going Red. off for the abs still. That's pretty much where I'm at at this point. Um, I know that nobody in Omaha cares about the Colorado Avalanche, but they do care about their fireworks. <laughs> so I just like to say, yeah, every time one goes off, I'm like, yeah, go abs. <laughs> um, so let's see with this with this fight. Um, there was one big thing that I noticed, like some people were kind of complaining about, and it was that Riva had a lightsaber around Luke and that that would have kind of broken some continuity when it comes to Luke never seeing a lightsaber. Now, on my fourth watch, um, it wasn't, he never actually saw the lightsaber. He was hidden away in a room, and he was pushed up the little roof hatch, latch, whatever, pushed out the the cellar door. Um, And when Reva came into the room, he was already gone, and the lightsaber was off. And by the time she caught up to him and had her lightsaber on, he was knocked unconscious. So technically, Luke didn't ever really see a lightsaber. Um. <laughs> well, and uh, more importantly, like, who cares, right? Like, it, it, there's magic. So any question that you have that it, where you're like, hey, thing X doesn't make sense logically, you can go, uh, the force. <laughs> like, literally any of it. <laughs> oh, the force. Like, when he, no, because when, when Kenobi got back, he went, Oh, those are traumatic memories. You know what? I'm going to force delete those memories from, <laughs> from Luke Skywalker. Uh, we know the Jedi are not all about personal privacy, right? Um, why didn't Thing X? Oh, the Force. Somebody the Forced it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Yep. Now, the thing that I do have an issue with is moments where I'm like, oh, then, you know. So, does this make Kenobi a worse Jedi because he gave up on Anakin who could have been redeemed or did kenobi know oh i have to wait for his son to grow up so he can redeem him you know what i mean it just raises some questions that i feel are sort of unnecessary from like a character analysis point but there's nothing in it where i was like now something doesn't make sense i know i didn't have any of those (laughs) moments personally yeah um and sounds like the argument for who's the chosen one they're like oh no it's vader no it's luke just just saying it's right. it's leia well, don't worry about it i like <laughs> i really like the <laughs> thought that it is anakin and that qui-gon was like yeah the jedi are way too powerful mm-hmm. like we need to be put in check we need to cut this down to like two each because right now there's like a hundred of us and there's only two sith so there needs to be two jedi and two sith and by the end of that movie yeah that's pretty much <laughs> what it was and that's the biggest thing is Anyone can can say that Luke was the the chosen one or whatever, but Anakin was the one to actually bring balance to the Force. Like he's he's the one that actually did it by going through the motions and killing everyone, and then he killed the Emperor. So by the end of by the end of Return of the Jedi, th- now it's unbalanced again. So because there would then technically be more Jedi than Sith, as far as we know. But I I don't like I don't like those arguments because it's like well he he. 
he murked a bunch of Jedi, man. He went on hunts with people for Jedi. Like, and the Inquisitors were not Sith. They were just Force users that barely knew what they were doing when it comes to lightsabers and and using the Force and stuff. So, and and they kept that. I, so, they kept it. That I will way. say that as a total neophyte, I did not know what an Inquisitor was. Okay. When this started, um, I enjoyed those characters, and I really liked the Reva versus Vader fight where she was like, I'm just going to rain blows on you. And he just kept like, no, you will not. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> He would just <laughs> like slight brush those aside with the, his force palm. And that was very well choreographed. I really liked that fight personally. And it was, it was a really good way to show you that Vader does not actually teach them anything. He shows right. them the very, very basics of how to do things because he knows that eventually someone will turn on him and he's going to want to have the upper hand. So, seems like the point of the spinning blade lightsaber would be, you know, Covered. a normal person would not be able to, like, mentally picture the center of gravity for a lightsaber because it would be the center of the handle. <laughs> right. Because the blade doesn't weigh anything, right? Right. So if you were to spin it, it'd be really easy to cut yourself in half unless it were like locked to an axis. <laughs> right. Um, so, but yeah, it's I, like a training wheels for a lightsaber. It kind of, it kind of <laughs> is. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. And I mean, not to get too crazy, but in Rebels, they do use those, those spinning blades to kind of like hover, float. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like when they they're when they're jumping the off high wheels. because they're not real Jedi or Sith, so they can't do the actual like jumps. So they use those to kind of flow down. It's like the uh, the Visions episode, it's the Thanos copter. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about when it comes to the Reva versus uh, Lars battle? Justin, let's start with you. Um, I was trying to really question. Uh, a reason why they decided to um, hide Luke. Well, I don't know if it was for continuation of the plot, so they he didn't know what Jedi and Sith were, and he when he talked to old Ben, that's when he like learned about it, or if it was just to keep him away and like hide him away from the potential uh, future he could have. You know, you're talking like in the grand scheme of things, why they hid Luke on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, I think it was. Or no, like why? Why no, Owen and Peru were hiding Luke during the the fight? Oh well. The what would the alternative option be, though? Because he was they, just to run. Uh, yeah. I guess that's true, but I but mean, then he's exposed and alone yeah. in the desert at night. And you, and if all three yeah. of them ran, I mean, she's just gonna keep going after them. There's not many places you can run on Tatooine. And. You just wait for her anger to fizzle out. They don't, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. It did eventually. <laughs> <laughs> she is alive because she's so mad that she can't die. Like, the the <laughs> Grand Inquisitor was like, uh, what did he say? Like, anger does wonders for survivability or something, or one's will to live. Yeah, revenge mm -hmm. does wonders for the will to live. Yes. Um, I really like that actor, too. He was really good. He did a great job. Grand Inquisitor. Um, didn't have a lot yeah. of uh, parts or anything like that, but he was definitely... And I loved that mystery being solved. I know we talked about it last week, but everyone freaking out about the Grand Inquisitor getting killed, quote-unquote. two stomachs. I was just like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> calm down. There's back to tanks, the Force. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> have been uh, 
there's this guy, Anakin Skywalker, and he got all of his limbs were cut off, <laughs> yeah. and he was left in the lava, he burned, <laughs> and he's still alive. Um, but Jesse, did you have anything else? Um, I guess I to to add to the hiding Luke away, other than making sure to keep him alive. Um, not f- not from that section particularly. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So let's go on to the good battle then. The really fun battle. Oh yeah. Um and this one, you know, you lead up to it with Obi-Wan has to, you know, take distract the the Star Destroyer and lead them off on a goose chase and like make sure that the pretender rebellion can get away. Um I do like how Obi-Wan just kind of played with Anakin and he's like, he's he's gonna follow me, guys. Like just let me go. And he'll follow me, and I'll most likely wreck this mechanical fool. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Um, And even with the Grand Inquisitor saying, we can't, don't let one Jedi distract us from this main goal. Anakin is still so filled with hate for Obi-Wan Kenobi that he's like, you shut your mouth. Follow that shit. I want to. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I I liked that, how they played on that. And then, especially at the end, how the Emperor kind of put him in his place, which, by the way, that was cool to see uh, Ian come back to play Emperor Palpatine. Um, but to put him in his place and say, I don't think your focus is all there. I think you're you know, trying to deal with something that you shouldn't be dealing with, blah, blah, blah. And Vader was finally like, all right, you're right, I'm, I'm sorry. Also, I got wrecked. So It, it was Palps really just... Like using the choke chain on his dog, kind of, and then sort of like threatening his life almost. I, I sort of got a thready vibe after that conversation, and then Vader oh, yeah. snapping. He's like, "Yeah, this guy can kill me." I got more of like a, "This is the one warning you get. <laughs> the next time we're in here, I'm writing you up. <laughs> if I have to talk to you after that, then we have a problem, <laughs> right? Like, and." It, it was Palpatine knows yeah. that you have to just slap Anakin on the wrist. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to, you can't tell him like, you know, you're incapable. You have to be like, you know, c- calm your calm your anger. S- slow your roll. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and Anakin's always like, I I swear if you tell me to calm down. <laughs> but I just I <laughs> you are not wrong. That's there hilarious. Was, I, I love, but I do love the uh, Vader castle on top of lava. Like, that's just cool. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's a cool thing. Supposedly, but it overlooks I, where he, like, got turned into Vader. Like, his little window there right. overlooks the hill where he was left. Right. Um, Which is how it should be. Why would be. you want like, to be reminded? Yeah. Like, you failed. This is what failure does. Yeah, why wouldn't like, you want to be reminded? Until... That's exactly, he's like, he's like, I'll never do that again. And then he does that again. Yeah, so like it, hate, so he's hate like hate beats the ground, Sith. High ground. Yeah. High ground. That's you know <laughs> during this whole fight, I was like, all, all Vader's thinking is, I need to get the high ground. I need to get the, high, get ground. the high ground. And <laughs> he did get the high ground, which was hilarious to me. There was there was some really fun, like callbacks during this whole episode with, uh, with things like, for instance, Obi Wan doing the two finger point with the lightsaber. Awesome callback to. The clone Sorensu technique, yeah, and then you know Obi Wan finally saying the thing. He finally said the thing, 
Hello there. Oh, finally said get the thing. forced. Favorite, <laughs> favorite scene. Um, yeah. And then force you. You're right. You're you're right with the callbacks. I, I noticed a lot. Like uh, there's a scene where they panned behind uh, Vader, and then you can just see him like readjusting his fingers on the lightsaber. Yeah. Like that was something and that, was that uh, Hayden that did in the yeah. Yep. But I I can't I don't know and I haven't confirmed like if he does that in the newer ep- or in the original trilogy. I don't think Vader does. If they if he does, that'd be cool. That would be. I don't cool. know. It's one of those we'll things. To, I, I guess never we'll have to go back to. and watch Star Wars again. Oh, boohoo! The original trilogy. <laughs> I don't think he'll do that. The original trilogy is much more like two guys with fencing foils, like standing just close enough to knock them together. Like, yeah. There's not a lot of like. Here's a style of it's just like hacking in, you know, twang twang. Yeah, which isn't bad. I like I like the original trilogy for the record. I liked this fight. Um, I really did like this fight. I was, I guess, if I'm gonna nitpick it, I would have preferred Obi Wan not be like mostly smashed except for his face. I would have liked to see him like in a full on bubble of force energy, like fetal style. Just like, how come all my Mondays end up like this? You know, like he should, you know what <laughs> I, I mean? I'm wondering it, how it was, I got it here. It was a little bit, it, it, yeah, it was just like a little bit too, I don't know, is Obi-Wan going to make it? But it's like, yeah, he's uh, he's going to make it. Uh, spoiler alert, the show's named after him. And, and that was one of my biggest complaints too, was right when he's standing on top of that hill, he says, did you really think you could defeat me? And I'm just thinking in the back of my head, did you really think Obi-Wan was dead under those rocks? Yeah, and right. there's some, there's definitely some, uh, can they not sense each other? I thought they could sense each other, right? But then, again, I could just go, well, one of them masked it with the Force, right. so it's fine. Right. And that's exactly um, right. Which, I, again, I'm fine with that. I have a condescending tone naturally, and anytime <laughs> I'm speaking with Josh, it has nothing to do with how I feel about Star Wars, I promise. But I, uh, there were moments where I was like, why did they do this? And why did they do that? And like, r- rocks? Like, it's always rocks. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but like, <laughs> throw a ship at him or like throw his ship at him. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, show me something I've never seen before. Like, we saw Vader pull a ship out of the sky earlier in the series. That was really cool. Yeah. Show me that he learned that from Obi-Wan, who, like, then throws a shuttle at him. Right. And that could explain why, as soon as Obi-Wan and Vader are done fighting, the rest of the guys on that Star Destroyer don't just glass that planet. (laughs) Like, I have questions, right? I'm willing to let most of them go. (laughs) Um, But there were questions. And and I don't know. The cynic in me is like, well, they're leaving that so they can go. Well, this this had a lot of views and and it made some new subscribers, so let's do a season two. Well, this was. But I, I think don't know. I just the 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 point or the uh, the new thing that they did with this. It wasn't very new considering cartoons, but the new thing they did in this episode, like Vader pulling a ship down, was Obi Wan cutting Vader's mask, and actually getting to see like Anakin inside and ha- and them have a conversation. We talked about that earlier. It was it was kind of, you know, didn't really need it to happen. It wasn't necessarily like wanted, but once I saw it, I was like, "Yes, that was brilliant." Well, and I Okay, 
spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that moment later. So if you want, I can I can wait I mean, to talk about it. Sure. But I will say I totally get why they did it. Yeah. Like, fully understand. It is a powerful, beautiful image. Yeah. Fully get why they were like, we need to put this in live action. Because I've seen, again, I'm a Star Wars friend, not a Star Wars fan. I have seen the animated image of, of Anakin's face when he fights, I think, Ahsoka. Ahsoka yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, so Rebels. there's like a a selecting of previous material that they're going, what should we, what would look great in live action, right? Like with, with a really high production budget, which I think is cool. I'm really glad they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it does, it does get at kind of my biggest complaint about Star Wars in general, and we'll get to that, so I'll save it. Justin, what was, uh, what did you like or dislike about this fight between Anakin I'm sorry, Vader and Kenobi. Oh man, I I really liked how seamless it felt. Like I, I it, when I watch Star Wars with my wife Bree, she always seems to like pick apart. Like look how like that's choreographed. You could see how they stop and then flinch and catch it, and then I notice it. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but like this whole whole fight seemed seamless to me. Uh, it, it appeared that they were really trying to hurt each other. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was just flawless. Um, um, the whole force rocks. Uh, it's yeah, I agree with you guys. It would have been nice to see another force power, but we did get to see a, a a new force power that we don't really get to see too often. The repulse. What's what? What? Think about uh the for the force repulse. So when uh Kenobi was uh had the ground everywhere on top of him he's holding that up with the force and he just ah oh, okay. throws it out everywhere to save himself okay but like i love seeing like new force powers or the ones we haven't seen on uh the the big screen so to see so to speak yeah. but okay. like the the parallels to having the high ground over him that i thought that was hilarious uh just all the callbacks like the the finger thing i mentioned earlier the move where uh, Kenobi blocks behind his back and he always gets punched in the face every time. <laughs> yeah, and I saw that, that coming. And he's like, oh, move, I'm like, it? oh, here it comes. What's that? Isn't that a Qui Gon move? Like block behind the back, get punched in the chin, and then get shanked then, in the chest. Yep, but then he <laughs> yeah. he did it. Well, in, so uh, it would make sense that Obi Wan learned that from him, right? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Um, but I liked the vader touching the ground and turning it into a vacuum or a yeah. sinkhole or whatever it was that he did that was cool that seems to that be a new cool. force power that he kind of vader used thing. through this whole yeah. series like with the fire force quake like, yeah he like <laughs> did, did the fire thing and then did the force quake like i i liked him using other elements around him like you really see that vader's a little more intuitive well the fire thing was a little more like that was payback. Like the, it, that was the the Jedi Sith equivalent of like tossing your cigarette, right? Because he, literally, he like it was lazy. He just knocked some gas over with the force, like, and then he, like, I guess he lit it with his lightsaber. That's right, he lit it. That's right. Which was that's like just I got bad tight. news for you, Robbins. <laughs> I'm a smoker. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, I, I want I want to get your guys's opinion about uh, this next point. I am a huge Vader nerd. Like everyone knows, I that's 
that's purely who I collect. And now I just started Mandalorian because he's Mando. <laughs> but uh, I like this is the first time, and like it's it's shocking to me that I realized Vader has so many weak points. A couple of butts to the little uh, rebreather, and he's already down. Oh yeah. Like I he's never realized he's sort of a bitch. He's <laughs> 100% weak points. Like nobody is going for his head ever except I think Han Solo no. sort of goes to shoot him in the face and he's like, "Ooh, nice try." Yeah. yeah. Like, not a lot of people go for the face. Good job. But you're right. I mean, it's like he has a like Tiger Electronics level of security on yeah. his chest yeah. breather thing. Like it's not and and Obi-Wan, like, why are you not just repeatedly belting his chest with those rocks? Like, why are you even bothering with the shoulders and the, like, the face and stuff? Like, just hit him in the blinky lights. Have you never played a video game? <laughs> right. Like, I, uh... Vader's health bar starts at the yellow anytime you're fighting him anyway. So, <laughs> I, I did really, I liked how Obi-Wan used his weak points, basically, and... Like even with his hand, um, there was a point where he like hits his hand and then smashes down on the on the rebreather thing and then hits him in the back where there's more mechanical stuff. Like it, it I will say, I will say, Obi Wan should have kicked Anakin in the balls <laughs> because <laughs> only because we're pretty sure he still has biological balls. Right, like his legs are gone below the knee, but that would seem to imply yeah. he could still be kicked in the ball. That's true, but he, I mean, he does have a pretty if huge they didn't, cup on there, so. That's yeah, why it's if there. If they didn't, like, burn up. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty thin. Well, that's skin. why. It... <laughs> <laughs> All and right. he laid on his belly. I know he's, this he's is not the dick. first time that you and Josh have thought of this. Okay, so give me your research. What do you got? about his he, balls he was super fine <laughs> on his belly and uh enough heat to uh cinch his skin so one could s assume that uh, his uh, balls and his member were burnt off are you trying to say lava can't melt <laughs> flesh balls <laughs> oh they can't they can't are you an order 66 truther <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i feel like i would have asked for a mechanical peter if if it would have burned off like you know, come on, Emperor. Like, if you give me one thing, at least give me my dignity back. Like, at least let me go. Dude, if he, <laughs> if the guy that, uh, you know, quote, did Vader, um, <laughs> went to school with the guy from Mando, like, then, <laughs> then you know he got, like, a, like, uh, an enhancement. <laughs> a jackrabbit. Oh, we oh, went down a it. hole here. Um, that's okay. I it, this kind of this whole scene harkens back to the no stakes in this show um, because we know that everybody survives. Um, that scene with Vader would have meant so much more, I think, if we didn't already know when and where Vader and Obi Wan died. Because before the battle, Obi Wan is talking about one of us is going to die. Whether it's me, whether it's him, one of us is going to fight to the death, basically, in this point. And then they get to the end of the battle, and Obi-Wan clearly has kicked Vader's ass and decides to just leave but him. But doesn't there. kill him. But doesn't kill him, yeah, and just leaves him there. I think that him, him just turning around and 
leaving would have meant a little bit more if we didn't know when he died. Or their fate. Or, like, if he's, like, about to deliver the killing blow, and then we hear Qui-Gon go, wait. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Why? Right. And then he just says, like, trust me. And then... Then you just have the same Qui-Gon scene at the end of this episode. Everything makes better sense. Right. Like, how much easier would that have been? And it would have made better sense, and then Qui-Gon could have gone, you're not, this isn't your thing to do. You have to wait for his son. Like, there could be a whole thing. And, you know, yeah, sure, that sort of brings time travel into it, but whatever, it's magic. Who cares? Oh, man, and that's a really good point. I That would have been brilliant to have... Qui-Gon coming at the end and have both Anakin and Obi-Wan hear Qui-Gon's voice and kind of like... Well, because like, why else... Like, what what other reason could Kenobi justifiably give for going, you know what? I could kill you, but I think I should... Let you continue killing all my friends. Let you lead a ruthless empire for years first, and then I will send your son after you. Yeah. Like I, he needed, there needed to be a vision, or Qui Gon needed to have already said something to him. Like that just sort of bumped me. Um, yeah. I don't know if it would bump somebody who was twelve. Go ahead, Justin. I don't mean to imply that you're twelve. <laughs> no, I am. I'm probably thirteen at heart. <laughs> Give me a little bit of credit. But like, um, Josh, you brought up a good point, and I, and I I'm taking it a different way. Like, are you? Could you use that as potential weaponry for the argument of the way you watch Star Wars? Like, do you watch it the way it was released, like, or do you watch it in chronological? But like, because my my biggest argument for watching it four, five, six, one, two, three, yada yada, was the the reveal of uh, Vader being his father. Hmm. But now, if you watch it in order, then you're like, oh, then you don't know he's dead. It's, it's not as big of a surprise. Yeah. By Empire. Well, that's not a surprise, but it's also like I don't even want to say it's more of a complete story. I just I get again, this will I will get to this point when we get to the segments, but um I don't know. I it's such a weird space to have to exist in for a show yeah. to go because cause imagine had they imagine if Obi-Wan and Vader didn't have a, a lightsaber fight in this episode. We'd be pissed. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Rightfully so. But, like, what are they going to do? Not have them have a lightsaber fight? <laughs> like, so there was just some of this where I was like, this whole series is on rails. Right? Like, it has to hit certain checkpoints and it will do that. And it'll look great. It'll sound great. Again, they had their, it was the, beautiful. They had their hands tied. The performances were all very good. I just there was nothing in it where I was overly surprised, I guess, yeah. other than how effective it was at telling me a story I ended up caring about. Right. Um Yeah, it was it's it's very interesting to to just be put have those chains put on where you can't go in different directions. Um and this is this is true yeah. with a lot of different shows. There's so many shows out there that are, you know, put in place, you know, in between stories or you know, and, and you know what's going to happen with these characters, and it's kind of like uh, Stranger Worlds a little bit. I have some of that feelings with like Uhura and Spock and things of that nature because I'm like any peril that they're in, I don't, I know that they're going to make it out because I know where their story goes, and so 
I would argue that there have specifically in Star Trek, and because this is who I am, there have been instances of characters uh, being cloned and then dying, and their clones take their place for the rest of the show. Just throwing that out there. Oh, good. <laughs> um, what series? <laughs> uh, Voyager specifically, at least. Uh, at that's least. garbage. That's funny. <laughs> um, it's like saying, oh, I got this from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Um, as far as this final fight goes, I was very happy with it. Um, everything that went down, there's you know very minor complaints, and they're all they're all complaints of a 34 year old fanboy that likes to think he can write better stories, you know. And it's nothing. I got to remember that I don't write anything, and that this is made for my entertainment, and and just enjoy it, you know. And I really did thoroughly enjoy this whole episode. Um, I loved the the sword fighting in this the lightsaber fighting it, like Justin was saying it was so on point um every everything about it their moves the way that the lightsabers reflected off of Vader's eyes um the the way that you could just see there was so so much emotion between the two characters um it was it was a really really good way to end this series i thought they did a, a wonderful job um wrapping everything up and giving us kind of the, the battles that we were expecting to get. Um, I think the, the one of my biggest complaints about this episode is the amount of endings it has. Um, other than, you know, like, we obviously get the, the ending with Reva where Obi-Wan, again, how does he get back to Tatooine so fast? Luke had, Luke had just got out the window and Obi-Wan was crying at Vader at that point. And then he gets in his ship and, like, figures out that Luke's in danger. And, I mean, is hyperspace made for in Star Wars? Olds. Like, okay, I know. But, like, is hyperspace seriously, like, you <laughs> just go and and you're there? I mean, there, there has to... The Force. All right, The Force. You're right. Touche. <laughs> My bad. Um, but as far as all the endings go, we had... We basically had an ending wrapping up Vader's story with the Emperor on Mustafar. We had two different endings on Alder or uh, Tatooine. Um, we had an ending on Alderaan, and yeah. So what was that? Four, five endings, basically. Um, but they all were. Are you saying you don't like them wrapping up all the loose ends? No, I I, I think that's that's totally I fine. It was just kind of like every time they faded out, I was like, all right, credits. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they did it in like uh, Return a of few the, King. the episode or the oh. movies. Yeah. No, not that. But but really, Return of the King had what nine different endings, and it was just constantly like fading to black and then opening up to some different ending. And I kind of got that vibe. That one a little bit. got me. Um. Okay. But I did really like what he said to Leia about her parents. Um, that one scene where he's, you know, he goes to Alderaan to give Leia her droid back, and she he says, you know, I, I'm sorry I didn't tell you I knew your parents, and then gives her the qualities that she shares with her parents, and that was a really touching scene to me. Um, the fact that Obi Wan had gotten to know Skywalker's kid a little bit and got to see Anakin and Padme in in her and kind of knew that everything was going to 
be okay for the most part. Um, obviously, like it's not going to be okay because the empire is still out there. But um, which, like, what are you doing, Obi Wan? But I get it. Yeah. No, he he had to go protect Luke. It's okay. Um, I feel I should jump in and say. You are, this episode wishes it were Lord of the Rings. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know what I'm that saying. That movie had to have three endings because there were fucking 12 hours of movie to wrap up. Uh, so, you know. Now, to that point, though, this this is sort of a, I don't know how long, I what was it, six hours, six and a half hours? So, I don't even I don't think know. it was that long. I think it was like five. Maybe. This is like a long movie, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um I could see where they would feel compelled to go. Here's all this stuff. And of course, you know, with anything Star Wars, they're going to go, we can now use any of these as a jumping off point sure. for our next our next big series. Um, it is getting to, to be that, that point in the show. Um, I feel like we have covered most things about this episode right now. Um, I don't have many more notes um, other than I was right with Qui-Gon. That's that's more for my roommate. He was swearing up and down all season. Liam Neeson's not going to be in it. <laughs> Qui-Gon's not going to show up. There's no way. He doesn't do that anymore. And I'm just like, just wait. Just wait. And I swear, like, the the second it showed up, it was I watched these episodes, like, super early, right? And so I waited about an hour after I watched it, and I texted him, and I was like, did you see it yet? And <laughs> he, he was like, no, but I'll let you know when I watch it. And then he texted me later, and he's like, that wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> saying that it was like a re-speech thing like Vader or it was added or something like that. And I was like, no, that was that was him. So he owes me 10 bucks now, which is great. Um, but other than that, I did not have many other notes um, aside from segments. So, Justin, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about for this episode? Um, that I'm very disappointed in how I viewed and realized vader was <laughs> it, it changed my entire in, uh conception of, or not conception per- but, uh, perception. idea of him <laughs> yeah perception thank you yes. that that was a stroke happening <laughs> but um yeah it, it it made it more uh more realistic to me I, uh, that's why i liked i liked this season overall roy's over here just taking over jesse's role and asking about midi chlorians oh, learn God. how to spell midi chlorian first and like up word for magic <laughs> but he says if a jedi has a vision is it basically the midichlorians causing a self-induced drug hallucination because most visions are random yes force any other notes justin that you had for this episode no <laughs> what about you jesse was there anything else other than segment notes that you wanted to, to bring up for this final episode I I don't think I have any other show notes prior to segments other than to say again thank you guys for having me back to Quest Me. I'm I'm glad to come talk a little bit of Star Wars with you and give you guys a a little bit of space flavored business at while I do that. So oh, heck yeah. uh, thank you. It's it's always good to have you back, for sure. Um Yeah. It's these been are wonderful. some of my favorite episodes when you uh, get to make a, a an appearance, so I appreciate it. <laughs> right it is time for the toxic star wars tweet of the week this is the part of the show where i go find a toxic tweet and break it down for other people because i'm tired of the toxicity in 
my fandom. Um, so this week, I have a tweet, and this is this one's really fun for me. This one's really fun because I'm that I'm that guy that goes, well, actually, and that's kind of what I get to do today. <laughs> so this tweet says, "You guys goofed." The animated Clone Wars showed that Qui-Gon Jinn was unable to manifest a physical form as a Force ghost because he didn't complete the ritual that Yoda did. Qui-Gon was supposed to only communicate verbally. The re- there was a reply that said, They didn't goof, as the people that make Star Wars today simply don't know or care about what has come in the past. Fans shouldn't support garbage. So, very, you know, obviously these guys are upset about the fact that Qui-Gon manifested destiny basically and and showed up as a force ghost um and there was an episode in clone wars that did specify that um uh qui-gon couldn't actually manifest himself he hadn't finished the training with um whoever whoever it was i think it was a night sister or something that that helped him with that um but there is a little book out there and and this so I was talking about earlier. Not everyone wants to go read these books to find their canon, to find their story points and their plot points, because there's a lot of books out there. Um, and these guys were obviously not ones to go read their books, um, because they, if they did, they probably would have read the book from a certain point of view um, that came out a couple years ago that actually talked about how Qui-Gon was able to manifest his Force ghost. Is that... I have to ask you: Is that is that book one page long? <laughs> and it says anything that you're unsure about was a Jedi Master sort of lying to their apprentice. That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole book. Should be, um, but no, it's actually a really cool book. It's a collection of all the different Star Wars authors, basically giving stories of different characters. Um, little short stories of, of characters. They've done this a couple times with their books. There was this one, and then there was the... Is that the flea in... No. Uh, that hops around from character to character? No, 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 no. That one was from the, the Luke Skywalker one. Um, the Tales of Luke Skywalker. So uh. it was people telling their stories of Luke Skywalker, basically. Like like the, the one about the flea that you're talking about was a, a flea that was on the Rancor when Luke killed the Rancor, and he told his story about Luke killing the Rancor. Very interesting point of view, especially from being a bug. Um, but it, it was cool, like, all the other stories were from, you know, a different side of things. And it, it was cool to see the mythology of Luke Skywalker pop up. Go for it, Jesse. If I may. And I appreciate it, by the way. Um Get over it. It's a TV show, people. Like, storytelling <laughs> sometimes has to discard what happened 30 or 40 years ago uh, in order to make a good TV show. Um, yeah. In addition to everything Josh said, right? Like, remember, this is supposed to appeal to everybody at your house, not just whoever is paying for the Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> so... <laughs> Try to watch it as though you understand where it's coming from and not from a place of, well, if I haven't watched these creators watch every hour of everything that has come before this and I'm not going to trust it, then just don't watch it because you will, I promise, not be happy. Right. Like, you really will not. And 
how do people know how bad it is if they're not supporting air quotes trash? They must be watching it, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And that's the thing about like these these people that do these tweets and stuff. It's like, come on, man, just enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't watch it anymore. And Roy makes a really, really good point because midichlorians don't register on spell check, and I appreciate <laughs> him being here to ask you questions about midichlorians. That is usually what I am doing. So I, I really do. It means the world to me to have Roy the Intrepid DM here to ask those questions on my behalf. <laughs> that I do I do like that though. Oh. Midichlorians uh do not register with spell check, so autocorrect doesn't recognize the force, so therefore droids can't use midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> that's g- good job inspector dm i like it um anyway moving on from that qui-gon in the stories he was very much able to to manifest himself as a force ghost there was some other things that he had to do to do it but he was able to do it and there we go here's my other favorite answer to give josh is you go uh clearly not on screen evidence says otherwise <laughs> like I just watched a TV show on TV where he was a force ghost, so clearly you're the one who is wrong. <laughs> right. I don't remember you writing the show. Or it also said else. Star Wars at the start of that show, so. <laughs> He's no good to me, dead. He will not be That's right. It's time for Boba's Bounty, the part of the show where we pick our favorite new character, ship, or droid um, of this. So, Jesse, I do give the guests... Um, the opportunity to pick their favorite new character, droid, or ship from the entire series. So lucky you, you get to pick from every single episode. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> it, it it has to be Reva. Like I love the Grand Inquisitor. That the actor did a great job. The character was a ton of fun. Um, but Reva felt the most like a real person who lived in Star Wars to me. Um, I, I'll. I'll put that above even Obi-Wan or Ewan McGregor's performance, not because I think he did anything bad. It's just like he's Obi-Wan Kenobi to me. So it's difficult for me to analyze his performance from an objective place, right? Like he's perfectly cast. And I think everyone, be they Trekkie or whatever you people call yourselves. <laughs> uh, Star Warsians. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awful. Terrible. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> everyone can agree that that's a perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Like, Ewan McGregor is the perfect choice to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and so because of that, it's difficult for me to really, like, I don't know, I don't see him as anything other than that when I watch this. I see everybody else as, like, actors in a Star Star Wars show. Um, Reva felt like a real person who lived in Star Wars to me. Uh, I will say the same about the young Leia actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jimmy Smits, uh, but... He'll he'll always be Jimmy Smith's to me. Right. Is that Jimmy Smith's was her dad, yeah, right? Yeah, Bail Organa, yep. Yeah, he I love him, <laughs> but he's just him. Right. <laughs> like, it's the same with Joel Edgerton. He's just good looking. Yeah. Right. Wait, did it was he in this? Does he play Joel Edgerton in this? is Owen Lars. Oh, yeah. See, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> whoops. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that is a great pick. Reva was a wonderful character. And again, the way that her story arc ended, the way that Obi-Wan kind of talked her down a little bit, and God, what an emotional scene that was, too, with him saying, you didn't fail your friends. You know, you brought them peace by moving away from this revenge tour you're on. And and I Well, it's I, it, for me, that was just 
a tiny little bit cheapened because Anakin was like, hey, Obi-Wan, you didn't fail. You brought peace uh, by, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. Anakin had basically just given the him same his speech. out. And then so he's like, oh, I'll go give that out to Reva. Which, yeah. Again, I, think it, I am not worried about it. There was a thing that sort of made me go, meh, meh, and then I got over and, it. And I, I agree with that, but I also think that it was really good for Obi-Wan to kind of get some things off of his chest, too, you know? Because yeah. he knew, uh, you know, a few episodes ago that, that she wasn't, like, all bad. You know, he found out that she wanted revenge because she got kind of screwed over as a kid. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it makes sense. But I, I, I just liked her ending, basically. And I liked her, the way that she was so rageful. She was, and even the Grand Inquisitor says something. Your rage was necessary at first but now it's just an annoyance or whatever he says and it was it was really cool um and then just to see her kind of realize the error of her ways um by the end of this season like, was cool you used to be rage tastic but now i kind of get rage fatigue from you <laughs> <laughs> justin what was your boba's bounty for this week for the week it is it, it hard to pick Someone new because there really wasn't anyone. No, I'm new. cheating again. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I I would say all right. Face cut or his face damaged Darth Vader. Okay. I just okay. I just liked seeing the the melding of the voices and how it sort of blended together. Okay. Uh, we'll build on that later, but oh, that'd be such face a, cut Vader. That'd be such a sweet toy if they make a black series toy uh, with Vader's mask cut like that i will that, totally buy it i've been looking for it i've been looking for it the <laughs> closest thing i can find is uh D or darth vader destroyed by star killer yeah meh. well i gave you, you an grab out it. i'll show you i got it i gave you an out on that um because i thought for sure that you would have chosen either qui-gon or the emperor um my favorite new character that and again I, i'm cheating kind of like i did with uh i believe it was was it v Vader? I can't. I can't remember who I did it with. But um, this is the first time that Qui Gon has been in a Star Wars TV series. That's kind of where I'm counting it. It's not the first time we've seen him, obviously, but it's the first time that he showed up on a Disney series, and it's the first time we've. I seen I see him. why you turned your camera off. You don't want us to see you reaching. I'm for that. also having like coughing fits over here. So he's like, crying. I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm trying not to do that on the camera. <laughs> Um, but him, him showing up was awesome. And what he said to Obi-Wan, you know, that I've been here the whole time, man. You just didn't look hard enough. Like, Come on, dude. Let's do this. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show <laughs> you some shit. Um, I, I just love seeing, and I love seeing Liam Neeson back. Um, they did a really good job kind of de-aging him to not look so old. Cause you know, everyone is old. I mean, even with the emperor, they did a good job with him. Although the emperor is probably a little easier cause he's in a cloak and on a, you know, he was a hologram. hologram, so it's probably a little easier to do him. But, um, yeah, my, my Bubba's Bounty this week is, has got to be Qui-Gon, because he was my favorite in episode one. You know, the, the battle between Qui-Gon and Darth Maul will stick into my mind forever. You know, I <laughs> it was something that I tried to choreograph on my own as a kid, you know, with my cousins. <laughs> like, here's, here's a lightsaber, let's do the Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, and I'll be Qui-Gon. I'll die. <laughs> um, but cool. Great picks for, for Boba's Bounty. 
Um, we have one more segment to go. It's Kenobi Vision. It's that time of the show where we talk about our favorite still shot from the episode. Um, we're going to start again with Jesse. And his shot is the one that we've been alluding to this whole episode. Why don't you tell us about it, Jesse? So, again, fully understand this is the, the shot of uh, Anakin's face uh, peeking through the Vader shell after Obi-Wan, I don't know, hit him in the eye cover? Like, how do you get this cut without slicing through Anakin's actual face? Not 100% on that. I get, I get it. It's dramatic. It looks cool. It looks really cool. Fully understand why they took this moment from animation and translated it into live action. And I love the visual of it. Mm. Do not really like everything it represents. Um, it gives this like, it gives a visual aspect to what I think is Star Wars biggest problem in air quotes again. I don't, I'm not upset at Star Wars. I'm not mad at Star Wars. I think Star Wars storytelling runs into issues when it tries to over-explain itself. Um, for example, the midichlorians, that's usually why I bring them up. I think once they went, oh, let's explain it with a, with a, like a measurable biological thing, it lost some of its mysticism, which makes it lose some of its appeal, in my opinion, because it's supposed to be just kind of like a legend, right? Or a myth, right? So... Once you start going, what are all the details of the myth, then it becomes less of a myth and it becomes more of like a, I mean, it, you can watch Star Wars the same way you watch Star Trek, right? But I think that that takes away from Star Wars, whereas maybe it adds to Star Trek. And that's not necessarily a strength or a weakness of either property. It's just a different kind of storytelling. Right. Um, for me, I I'm like, don't explain the certain point of view line. Don't don't have Anakin literally say, I killed Anakin. Yeah. Like, come on. Just don't spoon feed me. Like, even 12-year-olds understood the original trilogy well enough, right? Like, right. they don't... I think it is assuming that kids are not as intelligent as they are to spoon feed who I assume they are trying to spoon feed sure. with this kind of thing. Um but again, beautiful to look at, gorgeous choreography, super fun sword fight. I love the music. I love the costumes. Everything is really well done. I just was kind of meh. I, I really liked this episode way more than I thought I was going to. I went, there's no way they're going to wrap this up in a way that makes me feel satisfied. They proved me wrong. I was glad with the way the series ended. I liked the episode. I enjoyed my experience overall. This episode did some heavy lifting for the series as a whole, mm. um, but I, I, I don't think it's perfect from my viewing space. And that that makes sense. Again, it's a, a you know the casual viewer compared to the fanboys, and it that's why you're here yeah. to give us that casual viewer experience. Um, one thing about this particular scene that really struck me, um, so they do this in. And I got two points to make here. Um, they do this in Rebels with Ahsoka. We kind of talked about that, where Ahsoka um, hits the left side of Anakin's mask. And during that time, you can kind of see it in Anakin's eyes. 
Um, same, w- same with this scene. You can see it in his eyes that he's really fighting things right now because he's actually looking on his old master with his own eyes or his own eye again and kind of seeing him. And it was the same thing with Ahsoka. So the parallel here that I found really cool was that Obi-Wan was able to get through on the right side. Ahsoka was able to get through on the left side. But the only one that could really get through to Vader to get the whole mask off was his son. And I I really enjoyed that kind of, you know, Vader's battling each side of himself at that point. Um, The second, second point I wanted to make about this particular scene is when he is talking like Anakin like you can tell when he starts telling Obi-Wan that he's like feeling emotions when he starts talking to Obi-Wan about you didn't kill Anakin I am not your failure that kind of thing um you notice the his the light is blue on Anakin at that point symbolizing his his light side aspect right there when he's actually saying that stuff it's he's kind of on the good side of things for a second to explain like he's he's feeling emotions again he's feeling like a you know, a Jedi again. And then instantly the, the light goes from blue to red. And that's when he starts going back into Vader and going back into the dark side. Um, I really liked that. Um, just the way they used colors in that scene and, and showing the difference between light side and dark side and Anakin's inner um, battles with himself. So I, I love that shot um, for a few other like very nerdy reasons when it comes to Star Wars. Um, and again, it's, you know, Rebels did it, and I, every time I watch that scene, I still get emotional, and watching this scene, I get emotional, and it's, it was really, really well done. Excellent pick, Jesse. Let's move on to Justin's pick, which is this guy. Go ahead and describe your pick, and tell us about it. Uh, it's one of those multiple endings you were so up, upset about. I'm not Josh. upset about it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, this was a perfect tie-in because um, we all knew from the original trilogy that Luke somehow knew of uh, Ben, but this is like really the start of it. And the, I, I personally have been waiting this entire damn series for this one quote. <laughs> he he walks up to Luke, smiling. Luke's looking at him all like, oh mysteriously and he goes hello there <laughs> ah yeah he said there, he said the there thing. have been so many times yeah there are so many times in, in of in, within the series that series that he could have dropped it and it would have been perfect yeah. but this the, all the anticipation built up to a perfect moment and they left it at that like it didn't explain like he didn't go into further details and talk with luke and yada yada it just left it out there to the imagination. Right. Um, and I think it was, what, episode three, maybe, where they're getting on the ship with Zach Braff's character or whatever, and he looks at him and goes, hello. And we're just like, wait, you just had to say one more word, man. Come on, one more word. But but they saved it. <laughs> saved it for the very end of the show, which is kind of funny to me. But also, it was a very good scene um, showing. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, and it's it's comic accurate too because there's some comics out there that have Obi Wan in this exact same outfit. He's got the goggles, he's got the white cloak, he's got the the black overcoat um, or, or whatever you would call that. Um, but it was they they took that look directly out of some Obi Wan comics, which I also found to be pretty cool. Um, great pick, 
Mine is another Obi-Wan shot, and it is the one with the rocks. This is the scene <laughs> where we finally get to see Obi-Wan's power again. Like, he is very much a powerful wizard in this moment. And he is channeling everything that he's learned and all the all the teachings from Yoda and Qui-Gon and all that stuff. And he's doing his damnedest to survive right now. But survive in the right way, I guess, kind of. He didn't really kill... Obviously, he didn't kill Vader. He still has some good in him. Um, and... I just I loved the rock throwing. <laughs> I can't I can't get over it. Like this another scene taken directly out of comics that that I really liked. I think it was a like a a different version of the Death Star or something like that. Um the Death Star battle between you know the in the original trilogy. And in the comic Obi-Wan actually picks up a bunch of stormtrooper guns and fires them all off and this is exactly like the stance that he had um except for instead of rocks behind him it was a bunch of guns which which was pretty freaking cool to see in the comics um and i really enjoyed this just this being that kind of epitome of obi-wan's powers at this moment you know and he's like i am i'm here you know all right vader you fucked around you're about to find out it's basically what I took this scene as, and, and I, I really, really liked it. Um, so, yeah, excellent picks, guys. Um, they, you know, it was, there was a lot to choose from in this. I, when I made the opening video today, I picked a lot of scenes that I almost chose to put in there. One of them being the uh, Tatooine sunset, where it shows the Lars home, homestead, and then, you know, it's like a wide shot with the, the suns in the background. It was beautiful beautiful shot um but yeah I, these these were all all great picks and i'm sure we will talk about the series <laughs> for for however long we still watch star wars um but with that we have one more little kind of segment it's a rating segment i still didn't make a video <laughs> but we are here so with this week this is this is obviously the season finale for both Obi-Wan and Quest Me. So I want to rate the episode and the series as a whole. So let's go out of 10 rocks. We'll, uh, we'll rate <laughs> the episode first and then um, we'll rate the series as a whole. So Jesse, what would you rate the series finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I, I would give it like a solid 7. Like it's better than most TV. There was nothing in it that blew me away i guess um i was very entertained i think they wrapped up enough with with what they showed me um yeah i don't know i i was it, it, i would say i was not overwhelmed i was not underwhelmed i was pretty whelmed uh in general but this episode was a step above i think most of the series just because it was intense and fun most of the way through um there was one other episode i think it was episode four that i liked maybe as much as this one um but yeah i would give i would give this episode a seven okay justin what about you what would you rate this episode uh nine horse throwing rocks okay uh 
mostly because I was satisfied with that how it, it wrapped up all the loose ends that I thought could be a potential for the whole continuity thing, but uh, it's me over uh, assessing. But like, I got the lightsaber battle I wanted. I wanted. I, I'm pretty sure that was me who said it. The that first little tussle was anticlimactic, but that just proves me that it was. This was the one I wanted. Um, got to see little Leia all dressed up and cute with their little uh, holster, so that made me happy. Like, there's so many good points into the the this episode that I was so satisfied with. So give it a nine. Nice. I don't think you rated a single episode of ten this this series, did you, Justin? Nope. I realize I got to cut back. I don't think you did. That's, boy. that's fine. I did rate this one a ten. It is my favorite episode of the entire series. Um, it's it just had a lot of stuff in it. Um, a lot of things to to see. A lot of scenes that were meaningful emotional um you know a lot of things that made you go ooh, cool you know and and watching this on i watched it on four different screens i watched it on a phone i watched it on my old ass tv from 2012 i watched it on a brand new tv at a friend's house when i was in denver over the weekend and i watched it on my computer screen i will say watching it on a brand new tv and seeing the ships in the beginning um the star destroyer and the the like re- rebel ship um on a screen that was like full hd and like 4k and stuff was really cool um there was a point where i thought they were using miniatures for that stuff because it looked a lot like miniatures um and so yeah with with all of that stuff and the wrap up with all the characters and the way that they kind of finish this story out i definitely will will rate this one a 10 um and that's that's my my first and only 10 of the series which gives this episode an 86 percent um which is pretty on par of what we've been at all season so if if any of you guys watch the any twist my arm show we don't usually go below a 76 percent on anything that we watch (laughs) so i don't think there's been many uh Many shows that we've rated low, so um, maybe we should work on that. Maybe we should start watching some crap content. <laughs> Bad batch? Eh. <laughs> but, so real quickly, we'll go through um, just the series in a whole, rated out of 10, and uh, we'll go from there. Jesse, what would you rate Kenobi as as a whole? I have to stick with my logic of this episode being slightly better or more enjoyable for me than the rest of the series on average. So I'm, I'm going to give this series a 6.5. Um, <clears throat> that sounds low for me if you've ever heard a rating for me before, but it's just, it's above average. It's not, it didn't blow me away. I'm it. It's not where I'm like, Oh, thank you so much for making me watch Kenobi. And I'm also not like, why do we have to watch Kenobi? And I'm not mad that I watched it. Like I enjoyed myself. Like I said, I mean, it's like, it's above average show. It's a good show. I had a good time. Um, I just was, it was too on rails for me. There was there, like, it was impossible to create stakes, I think for some reasons and in certain spots. And I am okay with that, but that's not what I'm, what I'm looking to 
necessarily watch in a six episode high production miniseries personally. Um, so I will give the entire series a 6.5. All right, Justin, what about you? Uh, 8.5. Okay. Like the series, I was surprised at certain points, like Leia coming into it and Luke coming in. Uh, it hit all my expectations with Qui-Gon, with a good force battle or lightsaber battle. Um, it brought new characters in, the whole development with Reva. I liked watching. And uh, overall, yeah, eight and a half, I feel like is very fair. Um, I I was hoping for a 10, but I, in my mind, I, I'm trying to rationalize what would make a season a 10 out of 10. And it's just more money into graphics, a little bit more like glam, but that's about it. So eight, eight and a half is uh, very fair to me. All right. And I gave this I give this series an eight. Like a, as a whole, I would give it an eight. Um, again, lots of really really fun points, lots of really fun tie-ins, and kind of you know bringing in other characters and showing you different things. Like I, I really did enjoy this, and and pretty much for the same reasons that, that you guys all enjoyed it. Um, which it's funny because with that eight rating, we on this episode of Kenobi rate the entire series a 76 <laughs> percent that's funny so yeah um again to stick with the tma tradition nothing goes below a 76 percent um <laughs> roy says modok is a is a bad show and i would heavily disagree with you on that and i feel like now we have to start a marvel podcast about modok um and and have fun with that but that being said, this has been a really, really good episode. This has been a really good season um, of Quest Me. Um, I'm so happy and thankful for all the people that showed up. Jesse, thank you again so much for coming on this week, especially for the finale. What a great episode for you to be on. I can't wait for I can't wait for the next season. We're gonna have Phil, our our good friend, uh, TMA friend Phil, is gonna be here um, to discuss some Thrawn trilogy. Um, I'm still. Phil knows his Star Wars. He does. I mean, Phil knows his everything. He does. But like, and he's also Phil a librarian, and he's he's a big yeah. reader, and he loves the Thrawn trilogy. And I'm very excited to have him join us for that uh, little quest. Um, I'm still not sure how how we're gonna do it. I'm, I I have basically two different ideas, and I'm I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to stick with. Um, but like I said, we will be returning in a few weeks, I would say end of July, um, beginning of August to do a little mini series on the Thrawn trilogy. So, um, big, big thanks again to Cameron, to Roy, to Chip, to Jake, um, and to Phil, of course, for joining us and to Jesse for joining us all season as guests and talking Star Wars. Um, I, you know, we'll obviously have everyone back on at some point in time for some sort of Star Wars something. Um, because can't have a quest me without without a Jesse. And we can't talk Star Wars without Jake because obviously he's always on Star Wars things. So so I'm definitely excited to get um, everyone that was on the show back again. Um, for all the listeners out there, Jesse, why don't you uh, tell us what you're up to, where people can find you. Um, all that good stuff. 
So this is a big week for both Josh and I podcasting, actually. So we have Josh was recently a guest on the newest episode of Open Pike Night, which, as I mentioned earlier, was is our new Strange New Worlds podcast that I do with Cameron and John of Greenshirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. Uh, Josh stopped by for season one, episode eight, The Elysian Kingdom, which I will go so far here as to call an instant classic. Go check out Open Pike Night on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this podcast. And follow that uh, follow that podcast on Twitter, at Open Pike. You can send in a 90-second audio clip and be part of the show. It is a very easy thing to do, but it's more than just a clever name. It's actually a theme. Now, of course, you can also find Josh and I basically every week on Sudden But Inevitable, which, as I mentioned, is the show that QuestMe birthed about a year ago, now a year and a half at this point. Um, but right now we're watching Death Note. We just crossed the halfway point, and uh, we are coming back up on Firefly for its 20th anniversary. So if you want, again, go look for Sudden But Inevitable in whatever your favorite podcast app is and follow that show on Twitter, at Sudden But. And I would imagine that's plenty of me to get you through whatever number of days you have to listen to podcasts yeah i'm i'm excited for death Note. i'm sad that we missed it last week thank you thank you daddy for uh <laughs> letting me take that i had to get gotta do what you gotta do I had to get some things done and it was a great time to do it because the abs were playing and you know i had to get my car re-registered it was just it was a, it was a mess but i'm so excited to talk more death note that that series is is ramping up for sure um and if you haven't if you haven't watched it, definitely definitely check it out. Justin, I know you don't like to tell people where to find you or anything like that. You're a mysterious man. Um, but is there anything that you wanted to say for the wrap up of Quest Me or anything like that? Uh, uh, just that I love being on the show with you and talking with the guests, Jesse. You were wonderful tonight. I like uh, your less biased uh, opinion <laughs> and it's always good to hear <laughs> uh, i'm super excited for the future like i don't know what i'm t i'm expecting it it's like uh, you guys know what you're reading and waiting for my uh reaction but uh it's gonna be fun i i, I like what the future holds because then like we do like a, a quote quote fun book report yeah. and then go back to a new series <laughs> so this is gonna be cool I'm pretty sure that's how it's gonna work out. We're gonna, um, we'll probably do the first, first book of the series. We'll probably split it up into two weeks, um, and and then it's gonna be like a, a sudden but inevitable book club. I feel like because Justin has not read the Thrawn trilogy, and Phil and I have read the Thrawn trilogy, so I'm I'm interested to see uh, to see what Justin thinks about it. Um, but again, follow us on. Uh, on Twitter at QuestMeTMA, and we will keep you updated with all of those, um, all of those shows coming out. Again, we're gonna, like Justin said, we're gonna do the books, and then we're gonna come back for Andor, um, and talk about that series. I, I'm a little, I don't know, I'm a little weary about that one. I think, I think Andor is gonna be the series that nobody cares about. That people are like, really, we didn't need this. Um, Do you already not care about it? Kinda, kinda. It's like Miss Marvel. <laughs> I kind of don't care about Miss Marvel either. Um, but I'll still watch it, and I'll still podcast about it, and I'm excited to do so. Um, 
Again, I can't thank everyone enough for listening to us on Podcast Land, for coming into the live chat. Thanks, Roy. And Jesse, normally I'm thanking you in the live chat, but not this week. I'm thanking you for being in the show. Um, if you'd like more of any of the shows on the Twist My Arm Network, just go to www.twistmyarm.net. Um, we have all sorts of all sorts of stuff up there, um, and all the shows from Roy, from me, from Jesse, from you know Justin and Chip, and everyone, everyone, Ricky, best flicks with Ricky D. Like he's there's all sorts of stuff. So check it out. Um, other than that, I, I think I think we're gonna call it a night and uh, call it a season. This has been wonderful. Um, I'm excited to to see where where Quest Me goes. So for Quest Me, I've been your host. I'm Jesse. Justin. And that host name is Josh. We're going to talk at you again here really soon. May the force be with you. Live long and prosper. Son of a bitch.